Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. One of us put Reynolds wrap on their head this morning. The other is me. Just baseball show. Today's Thursday, August 17th. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple. The Tommy John situation has gotten absolutely insane. The news on Tuesday with Shane McClanahan going down. He needs his second Tommy John surgery in the last seven years. Got me down a TJ rabbit hole. Um, and Peter wants to guide us through a check-in of a lot of the trade deadline acquisitions. Again, JB Show uh, for Thursday the 17th. And as always, the Just Baseball Show is brought to us by... BetMGM. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JustBaseball. Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. So before I tell you why I put my tinfoil hat on, can I go get it quick? It's sitting right there. Just yeah. stall for me. Absolutely. Go get it. Um, Recommended reading for you fine people uh, as we get into the Tommy John conversation. I just saw it uh, in my uh, TV stand in my apartment. There's the tinfoil hat for the YouTube crowd. I mean, absolutely insane. What was the reasoning behind it? You picked the Marlins to win a ball game. Yes, so I I went with, uh, and this is coming out on Thursday, and this was for Wednesday, Jesus Zardo versus Justin Verlander. And on BetMGM, the Astros are short favorites. They're clearly the better team, right? It's the Houston Astros. But Verlander's at two and a half earned runs. That's his prop square juice towards the over at minus 155. Implied probability there is that 60% likely he, he gives up three runs or more. Jesus Zardo, under 
minus 145. Same kind of odds that he goes under two and a half earned runs. Everyone in the world is betting on the Houston Astros to win the series because, of course, they're the better team and you have Justin Verlander. But I was going through these props, right? Jesus Zardo is plus 165 to get a win. Justin Verlander is plus 175. Put on the tinfoil hat. Okay. Lo- and I bet on the Marlins. A, that's happens. a lot of math. It's a lot happens. of math. We can put the math away. Um, recommended reading for you fine people. I just saw it in my living room. Um, the Arm by Jeff Passan. This was pre-Passan at ESPN. I think this was when he was at Yahoo. But if you have not read The Arm, it is as fascinating a book as you will find on baseball. I think The Arm came out in 2016, 2015, 2016, uh, maybe a little bit earlier, but he, he profiled a couple of guys that were going through um, Tommy John recovery. Daniel Hudson was a big guy that he profiled. Um, there were a couple others. He, he took a look at you know overuse in, in youth players, and it never rains more true uh, than right now and it'll continue to reign true in 24 in 25 and beyond uh, until something happens about it but we just lost and, and i'm saying lost like he perished he did not perish we just lost um the 2024 season for who i thought was the new title holder of best pitcher in baseball because the previous title holder of best pitcher in baseball also hit the shelf with his second tommy john jacob degrom Wait, hold on. You think it's yeah. going to be all of 2024? Yeah. I mean, he just had the surgery in mid-August. I know. Just hearing that sucks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it you're totally probably sucks. right. It's just putting that in your head that we probably won't see Shane McClanahan for the entirety of next season and this season sucks. Mm-hmm. 12 months would get him back for mm. the stretch run in September. And 12 months is okay. off the goal, as you can set. But it's 12 to 16 months. There goes your tinfoil hat. The bit is now officially dead. Uh, it wasn't Shane put McClanahan, together well. Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays set to undergo his second Tommy John surgery. His first one came when he was a freshman at South Florida. And that got me thinking, okay, um, feel like there's been a spike in recent years. We know that there has been a spike. There are numbers that back that up. But I, I wanted to almost put together like, the rotation and bullpen of guys that have had multiple Tommy John surgeries now, because I feel like as we kind of move month by month, there are more guys that are getting their second Tommy John. And I think we're starting to realize that there is a shelf life in the modern day pitcher. And I've got some overarching thoughts on that, but can I just run you through rapid fire, the list of names that have undergone Tommy John surgery since the conclusion of last year. Before you do that, I've been getting a lot of DMS of why is this consistently happening to the Rays, right? Because Tyler glass, I was a TJ guy, right? They've had so many injuries to their starting rotation. And I'm always left with the same answer to that question. I don't know. Right. The Rays, it's not like they're extending these pitchers seven, eight, nine innings, you know, changing everything up in the minor leagues. They're not just making them throw every couple of days and getting the most out of their arm just for it to eventually, you know, pop out of its socket or tear a ligament or anything horrible like that. I don't have an answer to why this is consistently happening to the Rays. Now, with the Yankees, it's consistently happened to hitters, right? A lot of their team gets hurt, too. I don't exactly know why this is happening because the Rays are so good at basically 
everything in Major League Baseball, from development, signing the right guys, making the right trades. But they are consistently left with a team in September that looks like half of the roster on opening day. And I don't know why. So Tampa, you cannot pin this on the Tampa Bay Rays because every team in Major League Baseball has at least two, three guys on the shelf with Tommy John and their organization on a per year basis. Now, I I think the difference between Tampa and the other organizations, I'm not sure about the sheer quantity of Tommy John surgeries that have have been needed uh, in Tampa as opposed to other organizations. But I will tell you, like there are so many minor leaguers in other orgs that have gone under the knife. I think with Tampa, the guys that have needed UCL reconstruction are, are just bigger names because they're better. Like Tampa makes pitchers better. Uh, a lot of these guys throw hard. Chances are, if you are a good pitcher and a hard thrower, you're going to need Tommy John at some point. And I think that Tampa is just kind of running into an issue where they have a certain number of guys that that are on the shelf with UCL issues with a UCL tear, but they happen to be their best pitchers. I think that's a fair, that's a fair argument. The bigger names, it does seem like they're going down quicker, but at the same time, it's a lot of them, right? It's not always just the big names, right? Shane Boz is not really a big name yet, but he went down, right? We can go through a lot of them. And like, I agree with you, but at the same time, what do we always talk about with the Rays probably more than other teams? Is their starting pitching depth going down year over year? This isn't new either. Yeah. Um, what I will say is Shane Boz, how hard does Boz throw? 97 with life and it's awesome. How hard does McClanahan throw? 97 with darting movement. How hard does Glassnow throw? 99 at the top of the zone. How hard does Rasmussen throw? 95 with some life. Hard. Hard. They're all <laughs> 95 hard. plus. Yeah, but it ain't freaking gross. So this takes me to my overarching point. Pitching has never been as physically straining as it is right now. Springs it's, only throws like 93. Yeah, but man, 93, like the body is not supposed to be throwing 95, 93, 95. 93 so, in when Babe Ruth was playing, he would have been, you know, a witch. Yes. He would have been burned at the stake. Um, yeah. Pitching has never been as physically straining as it is right now. And guys are throwing harder than ever before. Uh, Guys are spinning it better than ever before, and it's as high effort and it is as concentrated work on your off days as it has ever been in the history of baseball. Um, I think hyper-concentration, I think hyper-focus on velocity and hyper-focus on effort is probably driving this number up. And like I I know that that is not a a new earth-shattering take, but like, and and I don't want to pin it on this company, but this is the most notable company. Like the drive lineatization of pitching is a real thing. Driveline figured out what works, right? Driveline no, no, I'm just, figured I'm just, out. I'm just laughing because drive lineatization is is a hilarious way to describe it. And I agree with you. Yeah. I just think it's funny. <laughs> what does driveline preach? Driveline peach preaches full intent, max effort each go around. That is how you get success. Think about all the guys that we're talking about. They're really fucking successful. Yeah. Guess why? Because they throw hard. They snap the shit out of their breaking balls and they're putting as much pressure 
on their elbow as they possibly can to achieve success. If you take it easy on your elbow, if you're shooting for endurance, you're not going to be that good. You're playing Jordan a Lyles. dangerous game as a Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles never gets injured. Hey, okay. Point. What does that mean? <laughs> no, like it's not mean. It's fair, man. Like, look at the guys that are going down. So now I'm going to run you through rapid fire the list of guys that have undergone Tommy John surgery. There are two guys with flexor tendon surgery that I'm going to mention since the end of last postseason. <gasps> Bryce Harper, Cade Cavalli of the Nats, Ian Anderson of the Braves, Mike Burrows of the Pirates, JT Brubaker of the Pirates, Chris Bubich of the Royals, Jeffrey Springs of the Rays, Robbie Ray of the Mariners, Herman Marquez of the Rockies, Luis Garcia of the Astros, Kumar Rocker of the Rangers, Tyler Malley of the Twins, Jacob deGrom of the Rangers, Dustin May uh, had, what, flexor tendon reconstruction of the Dodgers. Andrew Painter of the Phillies. Gabriel Hughes of the Rockies. Antonio Senzatella of the Rockies. Liam Hendricks of the White Sox. Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, and I didn't even mention Lance McCullers of the Astros underwent flexor tendon surgery as well. I left out the names that a lot of guys might not know. And the prospect names that I threw in there are their first round picks or top 10 prospects in their system. That list shouldn't be that long, folks, but it is. And you had to take a breath because no way you could have completed that without the breath. And I'm not even joking with you. That list is incredibly extensive and it's not going to get any shorter. I think that's the point here, right? This is not something that's, oh, this is just a freak thing. We may never see this again. No, this is how pitchers are pitching. This, this is, is how they're being taught. pitching. And because Tommy John surgery has proven to be effective and that these guys can come back healthy, come back throwing hard, Tommy John surgery doesn't seem like that big of a thing. We see it in the draft all the time, right? This guy needs Tommy John surgery, right? The Yankees drafted Clark Schmidt needed Tommy John surgery. There are countless prospects that get drafted where the team knows they're going to get Tommy John surgery and they're still drafted high. It's only going to get longer. That extensive list of some of the best pitchers in baseball is not going to get any shorter. And Tommy John surgery is optimized at this point. There are incredible doctors that do this procedure. James Andrews, Neil Elitrosh, like those are the two big names that jumped they in make from bank. my mind. They, they make, make bank, bank because bank. guys are ready to push their body to the brink, man. It is so much effort that is put into being one of the best pitchers on the planet because guys can hit velo guys can hit break. You got to do both at an exceptional level to survive and thrive in major league baseball. This is the nature of the beast. If you're half-assing, you know, your delivery on the mound, if you are not putting intent behind every pitch, you're not making it to the big leagues. So the, the last point that I kind of want to make on Tommy John, because like, this is not a unique conversation. This is water cooler talk for really every baseball fan because chances are your favorite team has one or two guys on the shelf at all times recovering from Tommy John. It's so streamlined, but it's still a 12 to 16th month recovery process. Shane McClanahan is about to join a group of guys that have undergone multiple Tommy John surgeries in their life. Shane got it when he was a freshman at South Florida in 2016. He redshirted his freshman year. Dylan Cease, another guy that hasn't gotten it a second time, but Cease got it when he was a senior in high school. And he was on the men when he was drafted by the Cubs. Like, that's why he fell, wasn't a first-round pick, because he was first-round caliber. But McClanahan 
this is now seven years post that he needs it again. Seven years post, how about our guy that's on every Monday, Walker Bueller? Walker Bueller was shelved. He was drafted 24th overall by the Dodgers in 2015. He immediately needed TJ and he needed it again in 2022. You say, okay, seven years is the shelf life. Not really the case. Jacob deGrom got it in 2010. He got it again in 2023. Nathan Eovaldi got it in 2007. He got it again in 2016, and he's dealing with forearm issues. I'm going to get to the really fucked up ones here, because I can put together like this all-star lineup. You want the bullpen? Pete Fairbanks had it twice. Daniel Hudson had it twice. Eric Gagne had it twice. Joe Nathan had it twice. Colin Poche is kind of the run to that bullpen litter, but he had it twice. Hey, he's good. He's still good. Yeah. DeGrom, McClanahan, Walker Bueller, Nathan Eovaldi. Drew Rasmussen had it twice when he was at Oregon State, 2016 and 2017. Obviously, there were some complications there. Now, he's having an internal brace procedure done, which is his third UCL reconstruction. So it's not technically Tommy John surgery, but he's getting his UCL repaired surgically for the third time in his life. Jamison Tyone has had it twice. Hyunjin Ryu had it in 2004 when he was 17 years old. He got it again in 2020 when he was 33 years old. Lance McCullers avoided it for the second time, but he had flexor tendon surgery to remove bone spurs from his forearm. Dustin May, flexor tendon surgery on the heels of TJ in 2021. Think about those guys that I just rattled off here that have undergone this surgery twice, some of which in rapid succession. You could create an all-star team with these with these names. Building an 162-0 team with guys that have had multiple Tommy John surgeries. If I'm running out a rotation of DeGrom, McClanahan, Walker Bueller, Ivaldi, and Drew Rasmussen, I'm going 162-0. You're going 162-0. What about, because um, obviously on the offensive side, it's not quite as common, but can you just remind people of the list of the great offensive players that have gotten Tommy John surgery because we know, right? Bryce Harper was dealing with an elbow thing. I don't think it was quite Tommy John surgery he that he, he had. had oh, it was, it was Tommy John surgery. And whenever you see, you know, we've seen infielders get it. We've seen outfielders get it. A lot of catchers get it. Um, a lot of catchers. They're uh, pulling uh, down on the ball so hard. I'll run you through active names uh, of guys that have gotten the surgery. Kurt Casale, Travis Darno, Kyle Higashioka, uh, Salvador Perez, uh, Christian Vasquez, Matt Wieters, another catcher that got it. Now we move to the infielders. Jemai Jones, Glaber Torres got it. Now you move to the outfield. Shinsu Chu, Rocco Baldelli, Carl Crawford, Alex Dickerson, Aaron Hicks, Matt Holliday. Um, and that's kind of the list there. So, I mean, dude, like that's that's still a, a good bit of guys, but I this is the pitching epidemic. So now that we covered that, let's talk about the impact that this creates for the Tampa Bay Rays. We kind of already spoke about it because when he went down, it was already projected that he wasn't going to be there for the rest of the season. Now you lose Shane. Now you lose Wander, most likely. I mean, we still have no idea that situation. I'm just, he's scumbag until proven not scumbag, and I don't see any world where he's proven not scumbag. He's gross, and he shouldn't play Major League Baseball. So Wander's off the team. Yeah, for me, I always let's see all the evidence come out before we throw that out at people. Right now, 
I totally understand where you're coming from. If it's proven true, scumbag should not be in Major League Baseball. But at the same time, I always just, let's just wait to see. Let's wait to see the evidence. Because I thought when it first came out, people were very fast to jump on the memes and drag him through the mud. And I can't imagine what that does for a guy if he's proven innocent. But at the same time, the evidence continues to stack up in the background. He gets put on the restricted list. It does not look good for him. But regardless, the Rays impact post-Wander, post-Shane. They're three and a half games back. They did get a good start out of Zach Littell, but they still lost 7-0 to to the Giants after winning 10-2, to right? Aaron Savali is really, and Tyler Glassnow, of course, who we can't rely on to be fully healthy even for the rest of the year. And Glassnow shoved in that 10-2 win. Shoved in that 10-2 win. Hopefully he keeps shoving, but the Rays are in a desperate need for starting pitchers. And when you consider that the bullpen among 30 teams ranks 22nd in Sierra, which is skill interactive ERA, which is my favorite ERA estimator for bullpens, 22nd. And now there's context to every stat, right? A lot of these bullpen arms, they've been used as openers. They've gone longer than they should have. But at this point in the season, bullpens like that tend to fail because of the amount of innings logged. They are in a very bad position, both in the starting rotation and the bullpen. And if the offense isn't as prolific as it was at the beginning of the season, which is it, which it has not proven to be so post-May, really from June on, this has not been a top 10 offense. Now they've stayed afloat because of their incredible start to the season. But they're a team that come playoff time, because they're probably going to sneak in. I don't think they're going to be able to get the division from the Orioles. They just might be an early exit, which is so disappointing considering what we saw at the beginning of the year. And this has happened to the Rays. This happened last year. They weren't as prolific early on, but come postseason time, it looked like half the roster of opening day happens every single year. It feels like excluding 2020 when they were fully healthy and then ended up losing to the Dodgers. So we see the potential of the Rays, but it just never comes to fruition. Here's something I want to throw your way. Tampa's four and a half clear of the final wild card spot. They hold on to that first wild card spot. They're, yeah, they're two and a half playoffs. Okay, there are six weeks left. I know, but the Blue Jays are not playing well. Blue Jays have won six of ten. They've won two in a row. I know, but they're like they're not hitting. They're winning some games, right? I think a perfect example. They beat the Phillies two to one. You say Kikuchi threw a gem for them. Yes. But two to one. They're playing better. But I bet if you ask Blue Jays fans how confident are you in your team right now, I wouldn't be very confident. Okay. And maybe now, they are more than I am. I just when I watch Blues, they're not playing that well. And Boba Shett's now on the shelf too, even though he's on a rehab assignment and he'll be back soon. Yeah. So and the Astros uh, are going to lose tonight anyway. Right. So that <laughs> immediately drops them out of postseason contention. But Seattle's yes. playing really good ball right now. I duh. Boston is playing decently well right now. I'm not saying that Boston should take that spot from Tampa, but I'm going to ask you this. What's more likely? Vladdy, a healthy Bichette, Chapman, Springer, Varshaw, kick it into high gear. 
Yeah, see, we want to believe that. Or, we wanted to believe or, it all year. No, let me ask you what's more okay. what's more likely? That Blue Jays offense kicks it into high gear or McClanahan, Rasmussen, and Springs are all back healthy for the postseason. Well, that is such that's such a mean question because I know it's a mean question. Those those guys aren't going to be back for the playoffs anyway. Okay, but you've got six weeks and your starting pitching options right now are Eflin, Glasnow, and Savali. You need five pitchers to get through a baseball calendar. You do. They have three. Yeah. And I know they can win bullpen games, but you need starting pitching to be a postseason team, and they have none. Yeah, but then I'll say, all right, Glass now versus um, Gosman. You maybe give the Blue Jays that game, but at the same time, guess who ranks in the low at, I think he's either last or in the bottom five of pitchers for run support, Kevin Gosman. They just don't score what he pitches. Chris Bassett versus Zach Eflin. I'll take Eflin. Aaron Savali versus you take Kikuchi. That's a lot closer than I think a, a lot, lot of closer. Expect. But I'm saying, and then I think the Rays offense can still bang with the Blue Jays with the way that they are hitting right now. But then you've got Barrios, who's been hit or miss, but say Barrios is on, like they're getting trounced that day versus a bullpen game. I don't know if they get trounced. That's the thing. Yeah, bullpen games, forty percent of the time, just can't do it. And that that's my thought on Tampa. Like I'm. Yes, if I had to be on a side of Tampa's in the postseason, Tampa's out of the postseason. Right now, I'm on, you know, Tampa. Of course, they're in the postseason. But four and a half games is not a lot at all. It's not a lot. Especially when you're down to three starting pitchers. No, I agree. It's not a lot. It's going to be fun to watch, including the National League Central race. It's going to be really fun to watch. At this point, the Dodgers and the Braves have just pulled so far ahead. Dodgers also have, they haven't lost in like a month. No, they're amazing. I they're everybody amazing. else in everybody else in the NL West sucks. Dodgers yeah. are nine in a row. Everybody else has lost seven at ten. Yeah. Everybody. Dodgers. I I just turned on the Dodgers game late night because it's always ten, you know, PM Eastern normally. Um, and I'll just watch them and it's like, oh, they're down one zero. No, five one, seven one, seven three, eight three, game over. And you're just like, oh shit, when they're really rolling. Like the Braves. They got to escape from the Dodgers and the Phillies come playoff time. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a ton of fun. All right. Walk me through the deadline acquisitions. Actually, before we do that, let me tell you about our fine friends at Alt. Alt.xyz is the premier card marketplace. Only platform that allows you to search all the major marketplaces and eBay at once. Download the free Alt app. Type of player or card into the search bar, Alt going to return every graded card available for sale. Even better, you save your search, you're notified every time that card is available. I mentioned on our prospect show, the call-up, because we're walking through the top 100 update in blocks at 20. I told Aram I'm going to be collecting Yankeel Fernandez of the Colorado Rockies, because I love that guy. Mm -hmm. And he got kind of pissed because he's given me like really smart investments. I'm like, no, I want the guy that hits the ball a million miles per hour and can hit it 800 feet, but can probably strike out 40% of the time too. But I want that guy. So if I don't see my Yankee L card that that I truly want, I can save my search and I'll get a push notification whenever somebody realizes that they want to muster up the, the, the gonads to sell a Yankee L Fernandez card 
to a Mr. Jack McMullen. You will never use another app for researching and buying baseball cards ever again. Uh, Alt.xyz, link to the app, uh, is in our episode description. Just for Rockies fans, because we don't often talk about the Colorado Rockies. Is he like a Joey Gallo type? Better? Worse? Uh, Arm comped him to Jesus Sanchez, which is ah. not... It's he's not as good this terrible year. as you think. Oh, I know. He's been good this year. Uh, Yankee L. Fernandez let a ball rip, I think, at 95 out of his hand from the outfield on a throw in mm. the first game. Mm. And this guy has legit 500-foot home run power. Wow. Yeah. And Sanchez has hit a ball, I think, 500 feet. At course. Yeah. At course. It's kind of electric. You learn something new every day. Kind of stupidly electric. Let me walk everybody through some of these deadline acquisitions because Jack and I, you know, we talked and, you know, pre-show, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, I kind of want to check in on some of these deadline acquisitions because I know it's early, right? They were all acquired at the trade deadline around the July 31st, August 1st deadline. And I know it's early, but there are some warning signs from a couple of big pieces and a couple of other pieces have been incredible. And the reason you get these guys, sometimes you're building for the future if they have multiple years of control. But a lot of these guys are rentals. So you need to get the most out of them per start or per at-bat for it to be worth it because a lot of these rentals were traded for lottery ticket prospects or pretty solid prospects. So let's go through them all, right? We're going to start with Jack Flaherty. Was traded to the Baltimore Orioles again, not for a ton, but for two decent prospects. And for the Orioles so far, Jack Flaherty has thrown 14 innings. He's allowed 11 earned runs and a 707 ERA. He had a great start in his first outing. Velo was up to 97 miles an hour. And I think a lot of people thought, ah, oh, just get him out of St. Louis. Past couple starts have not been very good, Jack McMullen. Uh-huh. You want me to keep going? Or do you have anything to say about the Flaherty thing? Because I think we kind of knew this was going to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, Flaherty, like, it was an injection of new life. And then you realize that, you know, this guy has dealt with so many shoulder issues. So, yeah, we'll we'll kind of run through this, like, almost super, super rapid fire where, you know, you kind of give the lowdown on these guys. And if I have a sentence to add on these guys, I will. Justin Verlander was traded from the New York Mets, 13 innings, five earned runs, three, four, six ERA, but he will get hit up by the Miami Marlins tonight. Mm-hmm. Justin Verlander has been an excellent ad, especially with um, volatility from the not volatile Framber Valdez. Uh, I think Verlander at the front of that rotation was perfect for Houston, and he he's looking the part so far. Absolutely. Um, so now we have Lucas Giolito. Traded to the Los Angeles Angels, 15 and two-thirds, 16 earned runs to give him a 9-1-9 ERA. There was no confidence there for me. Like, I don't know why you're looking at me like that. I I was not confident that he was going to look rejuvenated, and he doesn't look rejuvenated. This is who Giolito is. There, there is a flawed arsenal there with Giolito, and I'm going to be so curious to see who ponies up and pays him. I said the same thing. No, we we were all on the same page, arm included, right? We were like, the peaks could be special, but the valleys could lose you a game immediately because how are you going to battle back from seven or eight earned runs in a start? That's what the Angels are seeing firsthand. 
But talk about someone who was rejuvenated, leaving New York, who definitely had some choice words for the New York Mets. Max Scherzer shoved on the 14th against Los Angeles Angels. Funny enough. Over three starts, 20 innings, four earned runs, 26 Ks to a 1.80 ERA. Mm-hmm. Damn. He's not cooked. Damn. Damn. Welcome to the world of not cooked, Max. Welcome, welcome to the world of I just need to get the hell out of Queens, New York. Yeah. Talk about getting out of somewhere and pitching lights out baseball. Lucas Gilito left Chicago and has not worked. But the Dodgers decided they wanted the guy with the six ERA. And what has he done? Lance Lynn. 18 innings, four earned runs, pitching to a 2-0-0 ERA. I watched a interview, Shadowfile Territory, our friends over there, also sponsored by BetMGM. Um, Max Muncy said that he felt like Lance Lynn, that there was a, I, and I'm not quoting him directly, but the gist of it was there was kind of a monkey taken off Lance Lynn's back. Like it was a breath of fresh air. He looked relieved, which is interesting. And he also had some choice words after Kenyon Middleton said all that stuff about the Chicago White Sox and Lance Lynn did not disprove a sentence of it. Yeah. So Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn, the babysitter does nothing for you. Lance Lynn, the pitcher can still do something for you. And I was not expecting him to be this good because the stuff looked very diminished, but you know, Lance Lynn like has the balls to compete when the games matter. And he yeah, was throwing in a bunch of games that didn't matter. And now he's throwing in a bunch of games that do matter. So naturally, he looks better. Of course. Uh, we'll move on to a couple of Miami Marlins additions. Marlins fans have to be ecstatic. And while they did give up decent prospects, right? Josh Bell was traded for Gene Segura, Khalil Watson. Josh Bell has been fantastic. Slashing 300, 375, 640 slugging percentage to give him 1,015 OPS. Five home runs with the Marlins so far. He had 11 before coming over. And then Jake Berger, 306, 370, 449 slugging percentage to give him an 819 OPS. And the home runs haven't really been there. He's only hit one home run. But, of course, it's very early, and he has had a couple of big hits for them, who has traded for Jake Eater, who has not gotten off to a great start with the Chicago White Sox. But at the same time, he's a minor league pitching prospect. He's going to be totally fine. Berger and Bell shot in the ass in the best way for the Miami Marlins. That was exactly what they needed. Uh, really nice article written on those two by uh, Christian Crespo on JustBaseball.com. Michael Lorenzen. No hitter. Win. <laughs> no hitter. 17 innings. Two earned. one zero six ERA. Traded for a infield prospect. Yes, How You Lee. Um, hope How You Lee is a great tiger. This is a win for Michael Lorenzen and the Phillies. And Dave Dombrowski, what an addition. Uh, Heimer Candelario might be the best of all of them, though. Maybe outside of Max Scherzer and Michael Lorenzen did, in fact, throw a no-hitter. But when you're hitting over 400 with a 591 slug, 1,060 OPS, that's going to play. It's exactly what the Cubs needed. They weren't getting you know, much from the corner infielders. Might as well add, since August, the best corner infielder offensively in Major League Baseball. Not too bad, Cubs. Not too bad one bit. Jamer has been awesome, and I think third base was a problem area that they wanted to address, and they absolutely addressed it in a positive way. And and Jamer, I think it's fun because you also have that extra element of coming home, coming back to the place where he debuted. Um, 
I think the vibes are really good in Chicago right now, especially with Cincinnati struggling the way they are. Yep. Um, and I mean, the Pirates and Cardinals totally out of contention. Looks like the Brewers can run away with this thing, but Chicago, I, I think, is fully making their wild card case. And I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago wins the division, right? They're three and a half games back. They have a plus 62 run differential, much higher than the Brewers. They can still win this thing. Woodruff back makes Sucks me think that Cubs, Mil- yeah. yeah Woodruff, Woodruff. Back makes me think the Milwaukee's gonna run away with it don't get me started on Woodruff no I won't next don't one. get me started on that bad man all right um really interesting trade the Arizona Diamondbacks acquired Paul Seawald uh from the Seattle Mariners in exchange for Josh Rojas Dominic Canzone and Ryan Bliss who was a minor league prospect so Paul Seawald in five appearances for the Mariners or excuse me for the Diamondbacks so far Six seven five ERA, but he does have three saves, and that ERA is not what it seems because he's allowed three earned runs. All of them came against the Twins, where he didn't record an out. But he's been very good for them since that opening bad outing, which we can. I mean, I'm sure Diamondbacks fans remember it, but moving forward, I think Diamondbacks fans will see a very good reliever, and they've seen it thus far in Paul Seawold. D-backs, on the, on the yeah, no, go ahead. No, D-backs needed a closer. They got a closer. Problem is you got to hold a lead going into the ninth inning to use that closer, and they're struggling to do that. Good point. The Mariners, they got a couple of offensive pieces, but they haven't exactly clicked yet. Josh Rojas slashing 222, 250, 370, but he had a 588 OPS before coming over, 620 OPS now. It's not ideal, but at the end of the day, he's hitting ninth. He's been a good fill-in. Right for JP Crawford when now he's on the IL, it's not the exact fill in, obviously, because you know you got Caballero and you have other pieces there to play second base, but he's at least providing value. And I think value is a relative term. Dominic Canzone, who does have one big home run, but that's kind of all he's provided for the Mariners, slashing 176, 243, 324 to give him a 567 OPS. But I do like Canzone. I know he struggled thus far. But I think he's a piece that Mariners fans, Dominic Canzone. So I was on the Marine Layer pod with our guys, right? Yep. And um, first of all, all Mariners fans, go check them out. Great podcast. And they also produce a lot of great content on TikTok, interviewing players. Really good guys over there. Yep. I kind of, when we were talking about that trade, I was like, I feel like Dominic Canzone is going to be one of those players that only Mariners fans know and think he's underrated and nobody else in Major League Baseball knows. And he's going to be kind of one of those cult heroes one day. Not now. Maybe not even this season. But I feel like he's going to be one of those guys because I think he's got good bat-to-ball skills and I think he's a solid player. Scrappy. And he can hit an, like he can hit enough homers. He can be a 10 to 15 home run threat in a given season. Um, Dominic Canzone, best thing for, I think, me and for the aesthetic of Dom Canzone was this is a 2018 Brewster Whitecap. He spent a lot of time wearing teal. He gets to wear teal again, which is big. He looks a lot more like a Brewster Whitecap alum um, than than he did with Arizona. But no, I Dom Canzone's a good player, man. Like he's going to be a good fourth outfielder in Major League Baseball for a good bit of time. I agree. Uh, Tommy Pham was traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Not exactly clicked yet, but he's also not been too bad. Slashing 237, 293, 395 with a 688 OPS. Uh, he does have a home run. He has seven RBIs, which is 
kind of awesome, right? He's only played about 15 games, so he's been a big run producer for them. Uh, so relatively solid. Uh, we also have um, Mark Canna, 565 OPS so far with the Brewers. Kind of. I need more time out. for yeah. Canna. Canna played some first base for Milwaukee too, which was interesting. Um, no, I need more time to kind of like, I guess, evaluate Mark Canna because I, I loved the move in real time. I think Canna is a great clubhouse presence, but it needs to translate on the field more. But again, it's only been a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, it's only been a week and a half, two weeks. Um, we also have a pair of Angels players, CJ Crone and Randall Grichik. I mean, I'm sorry, Angels. They're pissing me off, dude. The Angels are pissing me off. CJ Crone's got a 582 OPS, and Randall Grichik has a 563 OPS while hitting 184. I just don't get how this shit happens. <laughs> like everybody you move for sucks or gets hurt. Everybody. Uh, another Brewer, former Pirate, Carlos Santana, has also sucked. 176, 176, 353 slash line with a 529 OPS. Yeah, but you, you traded him for a complex guy. That was a time buyer for Rowdy Teles. Okay. Well, he hasn't done anything. So. No, he's been <laughs> yeah. not a good time buyer. Uh, let's get to someone who's been great. Jordan Montgomery goes over the Texas Rangers and is dominated. 18 innings, five earned runs, game a 2-5-0 ERA. Model of consistency. Loved that, you know, trade for the Texas Rangers, right? They got Max Scherzer and they got Jordan Montgomery. And outside of Lance Lynn, those have been the two best starting pitchers that have been traded. Jaymont has been excellent. And I think... I guess the concern with Yavaldi hitting the shelf was, okay, does Scherzer look like Mets Scherzer? Is Jamon, you know, going to be volatile? Like Jamon's been a rock and Scherzer's been Max Scherzer, like pre 2023 Mets. So, no, they're in a good spot. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of relievers. Jordan Hicks went to the Blue Jays, uh, 405 ERA, but he does have three saves. And I think he's actually been fantastic for the been Blue awesome. Jays. It was just one bumpy appearance against the Orioles with Again, yeah with Romano going down this was a huge ad and he's going to be a huge ad moving forward like he's sitting 101 on August 15th wait till you yeah. get him in the wild card games and in that Blue Jays that 2-1 win over the Phillies that we were talking about Jordan Romano returned and shoved got out uh he went Alec Bohm Bryce Harper Nick Castellanos 10 pitches bang a save for the Blue Jays yeah uh Kendall Graveman shocker traded over to the Houston Astros got a 3-1 ADRA Five and two-thirds, five appearances, been great. Uh, a bad reliever, David Robertson. But it's not been all bad. Now, the stats, seven two zero ERA in five innings is not great. But he started with back-to-back -back really bad outings against the Phillies and has been nailed since. He's got two saves. Um, a reliever has been very good. Kenyon Middleton traded from the White Sox to the Yankees. one three five ERA, six and two-thirds of one earned run. So of the relievers that have been traded, Kenyon Middleton has been the best. Good job, Yankees. Too bad it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, Kenyon yeah. Middleton, yeah, Kenyon Middleton after the scorched earth. He's kind of got that residual scorched earth energy going right now where he's riding that high. And, uh, I mean, he's still in the limelight for that. It's, oh, this is the guy that out of the White Sox dysfunction. Yeah, I've only seen him twice because I haven't been watching any games because why would I? Yep. Um, Noah Syndergaard. He pitches, we're recording on Wednesday again, he pitches today against the Cincinnati Reds, but he had one really good start and one not so good start. 11 and two-thirds, six earned runs 
4.63 ERA for the Guardians so far. Stinks that it doesn't matter. Like Cleveland's not a postseason team. So just disheartening. But Ahmed Rosario was traded for him and has been awesome for the Dodgers. Ahmed Rosario, 500 slugging percentage. Now he's only hitting 238, but he's got three home runs in since August 1st. He had three home runs before August 1st the entire season. Andrew Friedman, you son of a bitch. You did it again. You son of a bitch. Um, Now a couple of Padres guys to wrap us up. It has gone horribly for the San Diego Padres additions of the trade deadline. Rich Hill, six and a third, nine earned to give him a 12-7-9 ERA. G-Man Choi required to get a little, you know, bump in the lineup back there. 313 OPS. Zero hits. Zero. Scott Barlow, seven and two thirds, seven earned runs to give him an eight two two ERA. But they also got Garrett Cooper. We can't forget about Garrett Cooper, right? A little back end help, you know, in the lineup. A little uh little platoon there with G Man Choi. What has Garrett Cooper done for them? 760 OPS, 474 slugging. Take that, Jack. Stud. Good addition by AJ Preller. So that'll do it. That was most of them. Now, might have been a couple of guys that went under the rug. That's basically everybody. So what did we learn here? The Dodgers killed it. The Rangers killed it. The Angels did not. That's what I learned. Yeah, And the Orioles didn't do enough in the starting pitching department. But again, Grayson is taking the next step up. Bradish has still been excellent. Kramer is giving them solid innings, right? So, but I wish they added someone better than Jack Flaherty. Yeah, yeah. Grayson's been a revelation. Uh, Only one, (laughs) only one to bolster the point. Joe Kelly, three and two thirds, a hit, no runs, seven punch outs. There you go. Bada bang. And that'll do it for this episode of the Just Baseball Show. A little bit shorter, but we'll be back on Friday with the three of us, and we'll be talking shop, and we'll get it a little bit longer for you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Make sure to click that subscribe button on YouTube and hit the like button. Hit the comment button. Let us know anything else that you want to see, and the best way to support is to write a written review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave five stars. Definitely go get yourself some Just Baseball merch. I know I'm rocking my hat. And go check out our sponsors in the episode description, whether that be Alt for all you card collectors all there, out there, and BetMGM for all of you tinfoil gamblers like myself. That's Jack. I'm Peter. We'll be back tomorrow. And with that, thank you, everybody. 